Hello and welcome to the Faith in Manchester podcast. This is episode six of our podcast. I'm Wayne Clark. I'm your host and the pastor at Trinity Baptist Church in Gorton. The Faith in Manchester podcast is part of faithinmanchester.org, a website and social media presence and this podcast. We're trying to be a showcase of best practice in churches and Christian ministries across Greater Manchester, letting people know what's going on in the many, many ways in which the Church of Jesus Christ are active in our region. And we'd love you to get more involved. Do get in touch with us through the faithinmanchester.org website or on Twitter or on Facebook or in any other way you want to catch up with us. For today's podcast, I went to Salford to meet Terry DeRose, who's the director of Manchester City Mission. Uh, Manchester City Mission is a long-standing Christian presence in the city centre, sharing the love of Jesus and helping the homeless. I went to see their centre and spoke to Terry about all that they do, especially amongst homeless people. I've just had a wander around the building here in Salford that you have your Manchester City Mission base. Tell me what you do here in this building. Well, top and bottom of it, I think we look after homeless people. We run the Narragate Shelter here, which is a year-round emergency access, 24-hour shelter for people find themselves in a bad place in life. I've just just been down to the the dormitory that you have. It's fairly basic, but it looks comfortable as well. Yeah, yeah. It's not the Salford Hilton, as we've been sometimes called. It it, it is comfortable. It is dormitory. It was always only ever going to be an alternative to sleeping under the arches. Um, But it has worked now for 10 years to help, I don't know, countless people back on their feet after a difficult period in their life. What do you offer people when they come in here? I say the first, the first thing we offer them is we help to get them out of the fog of homelessness. When, you, when you've been homeless, when you've been on the street, you, you, you're traumatised by the experience and you, you go into a kind of fog. You can't see very far into the future. Everything is very immediate because you're thinking about your next meal, the next place to sleep, the next drink or the next fix or whatever. People are sleep deprived, they're hungry, they're scared. By the time they've been here a few days maybe a bit longer for some people, they pop out of that fog and, and suddenly you can work with them and you can help them and get them resettled, help them to get a, a job or whatever the case may be. In a very practical way, I see you've got showers, you've got meal provision. Those very basics is where it starts, I suppose. That's absolutely right. I mean, who who is interested in anything else if, you, if they're hungry enough? Who Who is interested in anything else if you're tired enough? And what we're trying to do is follow... The example of Jesus, of course, you know, when he encountered people who were sick, he healed them. When he encountered people who were hungry, he fed them. If they needed a kick up the backside, he gave them that. And and so we're doing the same thing, really. We're trying to live out a, a practical expression of the Christian gospel, as well as actually telling people about the Lord Jesus Christ and how they can be saved. How proactive are you in that, in sharing your faith? Would you do that for everyone who comes in, or is that perhaps a bit lower down the agenda for you? Well, first of all, we make it clear it's nothing's conditional here. We, we, we're well aware of the fact that some vulnerable people would say and do anything if they thought that's what we wanted. So we, 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 we know we're dealing with vulnerable people. The main things that we do is, is we have devotions at night, and that's voluntary. Nobody has to go in, but you'd be surprised how many people of the 30 guests that we have actually do go in, get involved in some, some worship songs, listen to a short message, 
and pray. And if for every, any reason we, we don't get to do devotions, we start to get complaints. You know, we, 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 we like that thing, we like what you do. The other thing, of course, is one-on-one stuff. You know, we sit down and talk with people, people ask us questions. We can share stuff through spiritual surveys. We invite people to events. Several times a year we will have our own events, Christmas, Easter, Harvest and so on as well. So it's constantly there in the background, but without being forced onto anybody. What kind of stories do you hear of the people you get to know here who are caught up in homelessness? There are occasionally people who, whose lives have taken a very, very bad turn and uh, perhaps early on in life and they've never really recovered from it and they, they carry the, the burden of that and, and that's very obvious. Um, and then, you know, we can talk to... I was chatting to a young woman a few years ago who was stood outside here and she was an archaeologist. Mm-hmm. And she just found herself out on the street. She was finishing off her degree, but she was out on the street. She ended up here. We've had people here holding down high-profile jobs uh, whilst they've been here, suit and tie kind of jobs. Um, we've seen people get management jobs whilst they've been here. We talk about people of all kinds. It's been said... I think rightly, that most of us are only two or three paychecks off being homeless, and that can cover just about anybody from what we might think of as the higher levels of society right down to what we might think of as the lower levels of society. We're all vulnerable to this. And do you often see people considerably change through the work you do? Do you have good news stories, or is that too glib to, to talk in those terms? No, I think it's, I think it's great. Um, yes, we do have good news stories. I can introduce you to several people in here today who have come to faith, or have found whose faith has come to life, we might say, whilst they've been here. And of course, that is quite foundational, but it doesn't have to be done that way. I'll tell a story about a guy who, a few years ago, borrowed a white shirt from our, uh, our clothes store, because he was going for some interviews and he got two jobs, um, one of which was £25,000 a year plus a big car. And we didn't see much of him after that for a while until um, earlier this year when he came back and said that he'd now moved back to Manchester, now managing the branch of the company that he got the job for and wanted to put something back into society and, and wanted to help by volunteering. So that's that's a, a great story. That's that's, but it, It's a true story. Other times it can be simply seeing people reunited with their families from war-torn parts of Africa and we've helped the the husband and he's been able to get his own place and get his family over and they come to say thank you, that's lovely. Other times, I mean, we have people who have hopeless situations. Uh, We think of one lad who was in such debt that he, even though we could find him somewhere to live, found, found him a housing association, he couldn't afford the rent but we were able to renegotiate uh, the repayments to his uh, to his debt so that he could actually then afford to pay rent. And now he's living in his own place and is uh, a very happy man indeed. There's been quite a lot of focus on the, the problems of homelessness in our city in, in recent years. Is homelessness improving? Uh, the problem that we have around us, is that getting better? It is getting better, but it's it's not a cheap thing. Um, the uh, Andy Burnham's Bed Every Night scheme is, is having impact from, from statistics, from the numbers that we see. But people are homeless for all sorts of different reasons and um, I think there's an assumption that, or was an assumption at the beginning, that people who are street homeless don't want to be and 
to be truthful. Some people do prefer that as a lifestyle, but there's a great deal of work going on. We're part of that, I'm very pleased to say. Um, we're, we've seen people moving through our shelter, moving on into temporary accommodation and then moving on into permanent accommodation after that, probably at a quicker rate than we've seen in a while now. So things have got to be getting better. I don't think anybody really realised how big the problem was, though, in the first place. Mm. Let's move on from homelessness to uh, what else Manchester City Mission does. I know you've you've had a place in the city for a very long time, and there are the things that you do other than uh, the homeless shelter. What else is the ministry doing? Well, yeah, we've been around since 1837. Um, you've got to understand, I haven't been around since 1837, although sometimes it does feel that way. During that time, we've done all sorts of things. But currently, what we do, yes, we work with homeless through the shelter, but we also visit homeless people on the streets of Manchester. We get engaged with them and we help them with the kind of things that people take for granted. Uh, Lost birth certificates, not knowing where their mum's buried, things like that. So those kind of things that can act as a barrier to engaging in mainstream citizenship, we try and deal with. And, you know, just a friendly face, somebody, a nice chap can make a big difference. So we do that. We also visit people from uh, travellers' backgrounds and Roma backgrounds. We also go into retirement homes and meet people there, and it's amazing. People who, perhaps in the later stages in life, can't maybe remember what they had for breakfast. But if you sing all all things bright and beautiful, or say the Lord's Prayer, all those old synapses kick back in, and, and great stimulation and a great way of communicating our faith with them, um, very welcome approach to, to that. And one of our stronger projects is our primary school project, Groundbreakers. And we go into primary schools up and down, all around Greater Manchester, doing assemblies, lunch clubs, diary of a disciple workshops. And Groundbreakers is primarily designed to create links between schools and churches. And that's what it does very, very well. So that churches can get involved in what goes on in the primary schools, which... Any, anybody that's in church leadership would see that as a great opportunity, mm. I think, nowadays. Yeah. You're wearing an, another hat at the moment as well, which is your chairman of the City Mission Movement, the, a national organisation that sort of coordinates all the city missions across Britain. Tell me about that and, and the health of City Mission across the country. Yeah. The City Mission Movement is alive and well, although it's maybe not as well known as some other organisations. At the last count, which was just a few weeks ago, there are 500 people employed by the 20 City Mission uh, members and they are supported by nearly 2,500 volunteers, all engaged in sterling gospel work and sterling gospel action. We talk about spiritual impact and gospel transformation. And we do everything from food banks to work shelters through to visitation programmes for people who are shut in and socially isolated. We run counselling programmes. We work very closely with churches. We put evangelists in churches to help build up things like that. And some of our town missions, which are part of the, the movement as well, operate perhaps primarily as churches. And even this week, I've just been approached by somebody who wants to add another city mission to the move. So we go, we, by the end of this year, we'll be 21 mm. city missions. So it's very exciting to see the growth. And of course, that 20 city missions in the UK is part of 60 city missions across Europe. And we've no idea how many city missions there are across the world. We know there are at least 400 in America, and it's still spreading across 
across the world now, new ones springing up in Beijing and Namibia and places like that. So it, it is it is a genuinely worldwide movement, and it all started off in Glasgow in the 1820s, yeah. And it's exciting, really exciting to be part of it. And it's a movement that always has held together proclamation of uh, of the Christian message alongside helping the, the most dispossessed and, and least in society. Absolutely. Right from our origins when we first we first created to help to reach to uh, a new class of people that had been created by the Industrial Revolution, uh, an urbanised poor that hadn't been around before as people moved from the villages into the cities to find work. Um, within a short spell, they became very separated from church and, and their lifestyles followed. And the city missioners went into their homes, knocked on the doors, got to know them with a gospel message and, and discovered that maybe they were poorly. So they opened dispensaries and they couldn't read the Bibles that were given, so they taught them how to read and started schools. And so this partnership of social action and proclamation has been there right from the beginning. But the way I like to express it for Manchester City Mission is that everything we do has to balance incarnation, that's entering into the world of the people that we're trying to reach. Compassion, which is responding to the unmet needs of those we're trying to reach. And then proclamation, which is telling the world about Jesus, really, the unsearchable riches of Christ. And all those three come together in ways that magnify one another and and encourage there's a synergy in those three things mm. which we love to see working out in people's lives can i finish terry just by asking you about your own story and your own motivation in what you do really you've given your life to this someone would ask well why why does your faith drive you to do this right. well i became a christian at 19 and i've been done the whole well tried to do the whole sex drugs and rock and roll thing which in all them was a poor approximation as you imagine of that back in the 70s and, of course, when I became a Christian, I realised all that was wrong and walked away from it. But I discovered that, from what I could gather, my hometown of Oldham was a very difficult place for the gospel. And, and I became rather curious about why. When I went into the ministry, we, we set up prayer initiatives, early morning prayer meetings and days of prayer and fasting across the town of Oldham to pray, to break this 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 gloom that seemed to hold the people of Oldham. And we tried to find out why this could have been and and we discovered I think really that it went back to the days of the industrial revolution when people became alienated from the church for all sorts of reasons uh, mainly because they were oppressed in the workplace I would imagine so through several years of prayer I think actually I prayed myself into this job because I wasn't aware of the city movement at that time and I think really the Lord answered some of the prayers that we presented to him back then by opening a door for me to come and do this now that's the drive a real drive to reach this urbanized poor that have been kind of disenfranchised and uh, disempowered and, and desperately need to hear the gospel just like the rest of us you're listening to the Faith in Manchester podcast, part of faithinmanchester.org. That was me, Wayne Clark, speaking to Terry DeRose, the director of Manchester City Mission. It was really good to meet him and hear of his work. Thanks to Terry for being willing to speak to me. You can get in touch with Terry through their website, which is citymission.org.uk. That's a great web address, isn't it? Citymission.org.uk. 
www.manchesterdrive.uk will get you through to Manchester City Mission when you can find out more about what they do. I know they're looking for people to get involved with the work, volunteering their time or uh, giving money if, if you're able to, or simply supporting them in prayer. And there's a newsletter that you can sign up for there on their website, which is, again, citymission.org.uk. Our website here at Faith in Manchester is faithinmanchester.org. And if you go there, you can find out how to contact us. We're also on Twitter and on Facebook. So that's it for this edition of the Faith in Manchester podcast. Thanks for listening. If you're enjoying the Faith in Manchester podcast, then have a look back at some of our previous episodes. Uh, and why not subscribe on your favourite podcast provider? That really encourages us. And uh, get in touch and tell us what you'd like to see on the Faith in Manchester podcast. If you'd like your organisation to be featured, then do tell us and we'll come round and have a chat. And you can be our guest on the Faith in Manchester podcast. But for now, from me, Wayne Clark, thanks for listening and bye bye. Mm-hmm.